In many ways, as I think back, I've always been a bit of an outsider. Growing up, one of nine children, we didn't have much. We were taught to work hard, not follow the crowd, and stay out of trouble. My twin sister, who was born deaf, needed in me a big sister, a teacher, a protector. Our relationship has never been traditional. The twins, as we were known, were too young to hang with the older kids, so we made our own fun. 70s television was our escape. Wonder Woman, The Bionic Woman, Charlie's Angels, Mary Tyler Moore, Maude, Carol Burnett. Are you catching a theme here? Fast forward after college, I moved to LA and became a media buyer in the infomercial business. I worked on every product you can imagine. Skincare, fitness, housewares, self-help, you name it. I was astounded by the power one ad could have, generating hundreds of sales within minutes of an airing. I was a good student and learned the business inside and out, but I couldn't help feel there was something missing. Many of these companies would go boom to bust within a year. Many of the products were cool and innovative, and you probably owned some of them. But the 90s entrepreneur was not interested in building a long-term brand. They just wanted the quick hit. So I set my sights on working with larger corporations like Philips, Hoover, Braun, Estee Lauder, teaching them the power of television marketing. They, in turn, taught me the power of building a strong brand. Why not marry the power of television marketing with smart branding and high production values to build a profitable company? This is something many people in the advertising industry have said cannot be done. But here we are, outsiders, proving them wrong. My name is Michelle Cardinal, CEO of the R2C Group in Portland, Oregon. Celebrating the work, lives, and achievements of women in Western North America, The Drum presents Exceptional Women Out West, hosted by The Drum North America Editor-at-Large, Doug Zanger. Let's start with three questions. What do you think others believe your superpower is? And continuing that thought, what would you say your superpower is? Well, I think from an outside standpoint, people would say that my superpower is that I am very ambitious, and ambition is my superpower. Um, but I would say the real superpower is tenacity. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those two things can be confused. But I would say persistence, uh, relentless pursuit, never giving up, that's my superpower. What I find interesting is that you know we're both from Portland, mm -hmm. and that that's not necessarily a quality that people think of when they think of Portland, no. Oregon. They think a lot more laid back. Yes. So it's kind of this interesting paradox that you have being in Portland and also that level of ambition. How does that manifest itself? Well, since I've arrived in Portland, I've been here going on 18 years now. I think I have lost a little bit of the edge, the East Coast edge. Right. But I try to surround myself with people who share the same passion I share. Well, I think that everybody here wants to be successful, right? Sure. I mean, I think Portland wants to be successful. Mm -hmm. how, how have you noticed that it's kind of peeled back a little bit? Is it just sort of your pace, sort of just things that you do to balance it? I would bit? say more my attitude towards others and not being so judgmental about how they work and trying to understand how they can be productive in their own way. I totally understand that. Who made you? I'm using air quotes there. Yeah, and, and, and when I saw that question, I thought, oh, I'm going to have probably the cheesiest answer ever. My mother. That's not a cheesy, no, that's not a cheesy answer at all. Yeah, I would say my mother is the person who probably had the most influence on me. You had mentioned in your introduction nine kids. Nine children, can you imagine? I can't. It was crazy. What did your mother bring to your 
being today? She was a very hardworking, very focused, very honest person. And she ran, actually ran a very tight ship. Mm-hmm. She was very strict. Boston Italian Catholic family. Ouch. Also yeah. known as the trifecta. Yes. Yes. So she made us toe the line. She was five foot four, 120 pounds and just terrifying. And so we all, till the day she died, she died two years ago. We were all, she had us toe the line. Amazing. Is there a story that you remember from your past when she just had an influence on you and you kind of think, wait, that, that reminds me of my mother, like something that maybe you've done. There are so many stories of my mother. I don't want to use the word shame as much as, you know, having such high standards that you wouldn't want her to know something mm. if it didn't fit her standards. And so I'm, I'm actually a fairly private person. And um, the relationship that I have with my mother was fairly traditional. I mean, she was always the boss. Right, right. Do you notice that in your work? Because it's, you know, you talk about just that order. And I know the agency fairly well. Yeah. And I, I have to think that that sort of organization and that focus is very helpful. Sure, sure. And the hard work part. She always worked. And she was also a single mother. Mm-hmm. And she just had this amazing work ethic. And she worked in the factories and did menial labor and that kind of stuff. But any job she ever had, she was the best at it. Right. And so... That's kind of how I approach things is, is this focus on excellence. Commitment to excellence is really important. Do your best. Makes perfect sense. What's the most important decision that people, and we can kind of take this one step further and say what's the most important decision women can make in their careers, in your opinion? I've had many women work for me over the years and worked with many women. And I think that the decision they make on whether to have children and when to have children is probably the single most important thing. Mm-hmm. Why is that? It's time. Having children is a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. And if you don't time it right, you know, you could probably slow down or maybe throw things in reverse because you have to, you know, that's your primary job, right? I mean, that's the thing that's most important. And so then you have to make decisions. Right. Close second is who you choose as a spouse. I think Sheryl Sandberg had it right in Lean In that the spouse you choose is going to be pretty important to your career. Let's do the must list. What's a must do? We must make time for ourselves. I see so many people, whether it's my family, my brothers and sisters, people that I work with, they're so busy with their work, their children, all the responsibilities that they have, they don't make time for themselves. And Mm -hmm. so I would say that alone time, whether it's 30 minutes to do yoga out on the deck or, you know, an hour to read your book in the back thing or getting a facial or whatever it is. Just having that personal alone time where you can reflect is really important. I like what Louis C.K. says sometimes where it's the moment where you put the kids in the car and then that 10 seconds that you get to the driver's seat is pretty much like a carnival cruise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> even little moments, though. I mean, little, sure. I mean, just even those little finite moments, I find that they can be incredibly refreshing. Yeah. Again, being raised in a family with nine children, we never had any privacy. None. Right. You know, there was five of us in one bedroom and the whole family shared a bathroom. So, you know, I guess I just really crave that alone time. Makes total sense. What is a must experience? I think everyone should travel to a foreign country Mm -hmm. and experience a different culture. 
I see so much rancor and so much meanness and hatefulness right now. I mean, with the election and all the stuff that's happening against other cultures. And when you talk to these people, you realize they don't understand because they don't travel or they don't mm -hmm. go places. Mm -hmm. And so I think we would all love another a lot more if we could just experience different cultures. What was the first place that you traveled to that opened your eyes to that? Probably Mexico. Interesting. Yeah. What did you learn? I think there's some fear around Mexico, right? And people from Mexico and the people are so wonderful. I love the mm -hmm. culture and the food. And I just learned that people are pretty much the same everywhere. Very true. Very true. What about a couple other places that you went to that kind of made a, a big uh, the impact The second place, I, I was able to travel to Europe when I worked down in Los Angeles. Um, I was able to travel to England and France and Germany for my work. And that was really exciting. But I've been all over. I love Asia, mm -hmm. um, Italy, which is sort of my people, uh, right? I, I can so sympathize. My Don't let the and last I, name fool you. Yeah. So right. we try to get to Italy at least once a year if we can. I, everywhere. I love love to travel. I haven't been to South Africa yet. That's that's a goal. Oh, I've heard many, many good things. Yeah. What is a must read? Everyone should read the newspaper cover to cover. What's a newspaper? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's amazing to me. A lot of people don't read the newspaper. They spend yeah. a lot of time on blogs sure. and reading things that they agree with. But a lot of people don't spend a lot of time expanding their horizons. I had a whole list of books for you, but there are so <laughs> many amazing books. Right. How could I choose? Well, it's funny. Margaret Johnson said New York Times cover yeah, to cover. That's my, nice that's what I choose. Do you, do you get the, do you still get the Boston Globe? Do you still get the hometown? Every I so don't often? get the Boston Globe. Okay. I read it sometimes, yeah. uh, but no, New York Times, USA Today, Wall Street Journal, the AP feed. Those are my daily things that I read. How do you like enjoying a newspaper cover to cover? My iPad. Oh, okay. This right. morning. You don't, I, you don't like the just, you know, hold the actual paper, it, get the ink not, on your hands? It's not practical. Because it, no, I, tra I travel so much, you never know where I'm going to be. After right. this interview, I'm flying to California. And I realized, ah, I left my iPad at home, so I have to go home and pick it up. What's your favorite thing to read in the paper? Because if you're going cover to cover, there's got to be at least one section yeah. or part that's your favorite. I, I like the opinion pages. Yeah? I like Nicholas Kristoff and Frank Bruni, and I like to read that what is a must learn self-awareness what do you mean by that when i started this company i was 31 years old i was just a kid and i, I experienced success very quickly mm -hmm. and success has a way of making you incredibly obtuse about people and how to treat people and that sort of thing mm -hmm. and that's naive that's immature all those things and um over time i learned how to be more self-aware and the more self-aware I get, the more successful I get. Isn't that interesting? Because swagger is a good thing when it's tempered and it's channeled in the right way. That's right. What have you learned in maybe in the past couple of years that has continued to take on that path of self-awareness for you? I try to think before I speak. I try to be much more thoughtful in my approach to problems. I usually know the answer. I'm quick on the draw, mm -hmm. as my husband would say. Right. But I just, I try to slow down and be thoughtful. And, you know, with today's technology, emails, mm -hmm. um, Twitter, Facebook, it, it's very easy to just like haul off and add your idea or your thought to the mix. But sometimes it can be not very well thought out. It is true. How do you convey the idea of self-awareness to your team here in Portland? We do quite a bit of training. And we try to put forward our core values. Mm -hmm. 
we spent quite a bit of time around that. And it's typical things like commitment to excellence. But one of the things we really stress is relationships mm-hmm. and how important those relationships are. It's not just clients. Right. It's our vendors. It's each other. And if we can respect each other, we're going to get more done. And we're going to have fun, which is really important. Kind of is, isn't it? You got to have a good time. Exactly. What's a question that you've never been asked that you would love someone to ask you? And before you answer that, you, you told me, I can't think of one. Why? Oh, you got one. Okay. I what, thought what is after it? I hit the send button, I thought, oh, I've got a really good one. <laughs> All right. What is it? Well, I've recently been involved in the homeless situation here in Portland. Mm-hmm. And no one's asked me, why am I so passionate about it? That's a great question. Yeah. How would you answer that? It's complicated. I initially got invested in it because my business is here in the North Park Blocks. And last summer we had this huge influx of vagrants and and it it was bad. Yeah. It was potentially going to really hurt my business. Of course. Yeah. My employees, my clients, this, that, and the other thing. And so when I got involved, I realized I didn't have enough knowledge. I needed to educate myself. Mm -hmm. And so I got to know a lot of the stakeholders here in the area. And Ed Blackburn, who runs Central City Concern. I was just going to ask if He's a wonderful man. And um, he's kind of become my mentor. Among others, too, there's many people who have helped me and sort of educated me. And it made me realize we all have the potential to be homeless. We all, or people we know, all have the potential to be homeless. The only difference between us and them are the fact that we either have financial wherewithal or we have a family that loves us and is committed to us who among us hasn't seen drug addiction mental illness Mm -hmm. in our lives true right very true so having compassion and empathy is hugely important where would you like to take the conversation around it i have solutions Mm -hmm. honesty and solutions practical solutions we do talk a lot about solutions sort of in in the sort of perceptual phase here what do you think is and, you know, it's probably maybe early to, but what do you think are some tangible solutions? Well, you know, it's funny. Everything goes right or left, True. right? I was just invited to a livability meeting earlier this week with the mayor. And later I saw stuff in the press. Oh, it was a private meeting. The mayor's trying to keep people out. And I thought, well, okay, that was not quite right. But okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the mayor's leaving. There's going to be a new mayor. Right. So that's an opportunity, I think, for us to maybe move this conversation forward. But when I say practical solutions, we have to be honest about what the problem is. Mm -hmm. It's complicated, but mental illness and drug addiction is a big part of it. Absolutely. And, and, And affordable housing is in there, for sure. But if we don't tackle that mental illness and addiction piece, we're not gonna make any headway. Here's where I compliment you. Like I said earlier, I've, I've known about the agency fairly well. What I've really appreciated about not just what R2C brings, but what you're bringing to the mix of this industry is that you're not necessarily from here, but man, are you from here? Right. And I think that that's one of the coolest things is that it's this agency that people know of and they have this opportunity to get to know it better. And it's really interesting. And for me, I think a big sense of pride to say, yes, R2C is in Portland. Mm -hmm. And whenever people bring it up, I said, oh yeah, they're Portland, they're Portland, they're Portland. Yeah. So thank you for, you know, bringing our, our hometown to more of the four. 
Yeah. And what does that mean to you to be, to really be, you know, cause you talk yeah. about people who have grown up here yeah. and you're very much part of that. Yeah. How does that feel? It feels great. We've been here going in 18 years and we really don't have huge brand awareness. And, and here I am talking about brand awareness for my clients and we haven't really done a very good job ourselves. As my mother would say, the cobbler's daughter has no shoes. Right. But we've made a concerted effort in the last four years to really encapsulate that. And we decided we were going to make Portland the central theme because we chose to be here for a reason and mm -hmm. we're all about Portland. And so we've really made a commitment to do that. But it feels great to me because I think Oregonians, people in the Northwest, they're very special and it's a beautiful place. I think a beautiful place brings beautiful people. Mainly from the perspective of what they bring from their minds. Right. I've been here 24 years. Yeah. And whether they're from here or native Oregonians, you know, the native Oregonians have this built-in frontier mentality. Yeah. Which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And this pioneer mentality. Yeah. And I think what happens is people like us that come in from outside of it, we grab onto that. And it's interesting to see. So you're from Boston. I'm from Minneapolis, Philadelphia, geographic mutt. But when you get here, the pioneer mentality, you just, you can't help but get sucked into that. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I'm back east quite a bit. Right. Um, I still own a home in Boston. My twin sister's there. So I'm there as much as I can be. And I really have to change my mindset when I get off the plane at Logan Airport or Kennedy Airport. You know, I'm in New York a lot too. Because people here in Portland, they're just nice. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the East Coast, it's just a whole shift. Right. You have to get ready to do battle in the streets. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We like to give our guests a chance to pretty much say what's on their mind. So without further ado, the floor is yours. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's actually quite an honor. I don't really like doing PR, and so they pressure me to do stuff and I love podcasts and I love radio shows and NPR and I, I, I have a whole list of podcasts that I listen to. I got to add this one to my list. Excellent. So I thought, oh, I can, this one will be fun. I'll do this one. I think what I'd like to say is that what we try to do here as a company is actually, it's very challenging in a way because what we're trying to do is change conventional wisdom about advertising. Advertising is a sexy business. It's the entertainment business really, you know. Mm -hmm. And what we've tried to do is bring the rigor of mathematics, analytics, science to television marketing. And because of our legacy of what we did, which, you know, what I did historically in my previous life working in the direct marketing business, that's been an enormous skill that we brought to the table. But I think sometimes people see that and they confuse it. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and whenever I do press... They want to just go straight to that. I, I, there was an article in the Business Journal about me a couple of weeks ago, and the headline was all about infomercials and Ginsu Knives and Psychic Friends Network. And it kind of upset me and sort of threw me a little bit. Well, because, deservedly so. Yeah, because we don't do that. No. What we do is so much more sophisticated, and our client base is very sophisticated. The type of clients that we work with are really, they're fast companies. They're Silicon Valley companies. These are well-funded, very successful companies that want to do smart marketing. Mm -hmm. And that's the company that I've built here. And so if I could leave anything with your listeners is to really open their mind about advertising and know that there are companies like my company out there doing really interesting and innovative things. And they should, you know, check it out. Much like the must list, 
a little extra advice or wisdom goes a long way. Yeah. What is your final word to wrap up the show? Be open to new ideas. Be curious. Challenge conventional wisdom. And never, 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 ever give up. I appreciate the time. And best wishes for continued success here in our beloved city of Portland. Thank you.